And hello again, everyone. Welcome back to One Patriot Place here on WBLZ Sports, part of the Ironic Radio Network. You can also find us on the FullPressCoverage.com website. They have a lot of great material of their own there. We encourage all of you listeners out there to uh, download their stuff, check it out, and, of course, listen to our podcast. Make sure you download the app as well. We have a great show lined up for you this evening. Exactly. Yeah. You're on the air with Stephen Murph. We have with us Mike Petralia. Trags is with us tonight from CLNS Sports. And uh, we're very happy to have Mike with us. Uh, It should be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about the Patriots, where they're at, at the um, 11th week of the season. The season's almost three quarters over. And we'll talk about the Eagles game and what we're looking at a little bit with the Dallas Cowboys coming in on Sunday. So before we go any further, we want to welcome our guest, Mike. Thank you very much for taking the time and joining us tonight. Uh, it is my pleasure as always, guys. Uh, lots to catch up with uh, around Patriot Nation and uh, looking back on uh, what has been obviously a very successful record-wise uh, first 10 games of the year. But I still think there are major question marks heading down the home stretch. Mike, can you remember a year where where a team, any team for that matter, started out nine and one and had this many questions uh, being bandied about about them? Well, I think what's unusual this year is I think there are questions about the offense, even more so. And I and I've heard people, I've heard the theory out there uh, that the Patriots' offense was 18th ranked in 2001 and 2003, and you know, still wasn't a juggernaut that we came to know it as to be in 2007 and uh, 2010. Uh, but I, I just think that there are a lot of questions about this offensive line and their ability to block for the run that we haven't seen um, in 15 or 17 years. And uh, I think that's going to be the big question that needs to be answered coming down the stretch. Can the Patriots play run uh, can they run the ball and they can they uh, play ball control uh, in the bad weather games? That's one thing Bill Belichick teams here in New England have always prided themselves on. Uh, take Great care of the point. football, protect protect the football, uh, don't turn it over, and uh, obviously uh, run the ball and kill the clock when you need to uh, when the conditions are not ideal. And I don't know if they can do that right now. It's a lot of pressure being put on on young Mister Wynn, who's supposed to be back this week. We yep. all know that this is a kid that can that can really ball. He can really play. I was I was thrilled when he was uh, taken in the first round last year. Um, it kind of took me a, a tad bit by surprise, but I loved the pick. 
his problem has been staying on the field and staying healthy. But he, uh, to be quite honest, with, with this many holes on, on the offensive line um, and this many people moving around, the moving pieces that, that have, you know, well, it hasn't been a constant motion thing like it was a few years ago, but there, there's some guys that have slid, slid around. Is it too much to ask this young kid to come in here and um, ostensibly be a savior for this offensive line? Well, a couple of ways I look at that. It's a lot of pressure, yes, to put on a, for all intents and purposes, a rookie in the NFL. But the Patriots know their personnel much better than we do on the outside. And I don't think they would ask a lot of Isaiah Wynn and put him in a, you know, a, a high leverage position, like starting left tackle in the national football. They thought that he could handle it, and he was up to the challenge. And I trust their um, their judgment pretty much a hundred times out of a hundred. If they think that Isaiah Wynn can handle the pressure and Isaiah Wynn goes in knowing exactly what the Patriots, um, you know, weakness has been on the left side. And, they, mm-hmm. you know, they come into a game in the Cowboys where they're going to get tested by a very good, uh, very athletic front seven, um, Demarcus Lawrence and uh, old friend Michael Bennett. Uh, they're going to be right. putting their ears back, and uh, they're going to put different pressure points on the Patriots' offensive line, and, and they've got to, the Patriots have to have some type of confidence that, uh, starting with number 12, has to have some type of confidence that the blind side is going to get protected. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a good point, Mike, because, you know, I was watching the Eagles game on Sunday, and the, the problems they were having uh, – it wasn't just Marshall Newhouse. It was they were having trouble uh, protecting Brady all over the place. And I was thinking to myself, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm going to blitz the heck out of this team until they show they can stop it. I'm surprised I that more. Agree. I'm surprised more teams aren't doing that. Well, and that's why you know when people say that, you know, what Brady's really missing is a downfield threat. Well, given the offensive line this year, he hasn't really had time to get rid of the ball and fire it downfield. Right. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, in the shotgun, he has some ability to be his own offensive lineman, as it were, and move around in the pocket, slide around, and give the receivers some time to get downfield, but not a lot. And, um, you know, he's going to have to – get better protection, and more to the point, feel more secure in the pocket um, to get himself set and throw accurately down the field. That's what's got to happen there. Um, but to your point, uh, you know, that's where they miss a James Devlin. That's where they miss uh, Rob Gronkowski. And I yep. think, you know, it's a yin and yang type of thing. Patriots haven't been able to pass block, but they also haven't been able to run block. And if you can't pass the ball, you can't run. And if you can't run, you can't pass effectively. And everybody, the the, uh, struggles of this team's uh, run game have been well documented, but I don't think it can be stated strongly enough that their red zone problems are really problematic. And that is a direct correlation to their inability to run the ball in goal-to-go situations. You know, and uh, which brings me to my next question, Mike. Now that Wynn is back, 
<clears throat> I, I would assume that means that Marshall Newhouse is now your swing tackle. I mean, that might be right. a big assumption, but you know, but no, I think that's a fair one. Um, would would they consider using him as an extra tight end in some of those short yardage situations? Because they haven't been getting great sure. blocking from the tight ends. I'm just wondering if, you know, kind of spitballing it out here, but, you know, some of the short yardage situations that they haven't been getting great, you know, blocking on, could it, you possibly see Newhouse being thrown in there as an extra tight end? Well, absolutely. And, you know, obviously that the Patriots, when they showed this again Sunday in Philadelphia, uh, they've been searching as hard as they can, uh, you know, using James Ference and uh, yep. using Jermaine Elamunner and obviously Alandon Roberts. They are searching and grasping at straws for any type of uh, continuity weapon or <laughs> continuity or personnel groupings really is what it's about. Uh, yeah. to find some footing, uh, no pun intended, in their run game in the red zone. And, you know, give the Patriots credit. I mean, they're thinking outside the box by going to Elamunner and Alandon Roberts. They're trying to get the biggest bodies who they've seen in practice who can show uh, good fundamentals and run blocking in the game to help them. Murph? That's a fantastic point, man. I really like that. A great idea, Steve. I, I love that. Any any help that they can get getting to the edge would be, you know, and setting that edge would be fantastic. Right, um, setting the edge in the run game. That's what right. they've it, not it, been able to do. They haven't. They, some some runs have, have gone well when they're running up the gut and they're doing things like that. I thought uh, Tooney had a really good game on Sunday. I mean, Shaq Mason had a really good game on Sunday. I thought that went well. But no, getting to setting that edge and letting guys get out to the edge has really been the missing component here. If you can't do that, then you're really not going to have the continuity to the running game that that we were just talking about. Um, one one bright spot that I did find uh, over the weekend with the run game was the return of Rex Burkhead. I mean, he went limping off one during, after one play, but other than that, I thought Rex played pretty well. What did you think of Rex's expanded role uh, last weekend? What I find interesting about Rex Burkhead is he's a 50-50 back, and what I right. mean by that is the defense doesn't know if he's going to catch the ball or run the ball, and they need more of that so that when Michelle's in the game, it's almost, almost always – a run. I mean, they have been throwing to him a little bit more. They threw to Sony the other day, and uh, Sony still has to be up over eighty percent. Yes, I would think so. Um, but with Burkhead in the game, he's quick, he's elusive, and he obviously uh, made that one eagle miss uh, at the point of contact in the shovel pass, and yep. uh, went for thirty yards down the field. The elusiveness that Rex Burkhead provides. Uh, is really huge. And that's one thing that uh, I think they saw in his play a couple of years ago in Cincinnati, and that's one reason they wanted to bring him uh, into the offense because anytime you can bring a, an elusive uh, back into your uh, offense, it adds a different dynamic. You, you, you can throw to him if he can catch it, and you can run with him out of different formations. It just makes him uh, a more versatile weapon 
Uh, I do not understand why they haven't been able to get James White more engaged in the offense. Thank you. I, I, I just don't – I don't haven't heard anybody really explain that, and the coaching staff certainly isn't going to give you any – shed any light on that, I don't think. <laughs> Because they don't want to give you know give away any secrets to the um, opposing teams, but the James White factor to me is a little bit curious. It, it, it is to me too because it seems like James has really um, done everything that was asked of him, especially even running the ball out of the backfield. It hasn't strictly been a, a, a passing down situation uh, thing with him this year. When he's had the opportunity to run the ball, I thought he's done pretty well. And, of course, there's always Brandon Bolden who could be put back there and do everything. i, I got to tell you, hold, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Thank you. Go Brandon, ahead. Brandon Bolden by far has been their most powerful and effective goal-to-go runner. I Thank mean, you. If you go back and, well, if you go back and look at the film, it's, no, you know, it's pretty obvious that he can create and, and run after contact better than any of the backs that they have, and that includes mm-hmm. Tony Michelle. And, you know, Sony is a really good downhill runner, but Brent, mm-hmm. people forget that Brandon Bolden at Ole Miss was a prolific runner. He put up huge numbers. And I, you know, he to me has been the guy that if I'm in a, I don't know, let's say third, uh, second and goal at the four yard line or the six yard line, I'm giving it to Brandon Bolden. I just am. I, I like the way he runs downhill. I like. The fact that he can, you know, for a guy that's not that tall, he certainly runs a lot bigger yep. than he is. He he certainly does. And I, I you just have to think that he's so important to the special teams. They don't want to take a chance of getting him hurt at running the ball 20 times a game. Because I can't think of any yeah. other reason why Brandon is not on the field more. <laughs> and And I'm glad... Other people are finally seeing this because I've been preaching it for a decade, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, and I think in, in, in the goal-to-go situations that you've seen yeah. him in, he's been very productive, very, he very did. productive. So. I mean, he got into the end zone on, you know, almost every opportunity early in the season, and then we've just seen them go away. Steve is over here gritting his teeth. How how did this happen? Murph brought up Brandon Bolden, and we're going to be talking about him for 15 <laughs> minutes here. <laughs> nah. Everybody knows, everybody knows I, I, I am the only person in town who was invited to Brandon Bolden's uh, Thanksgiving Day feast. <laughs> and um, yeah. and I'm glad. I'm really glad about that. Uh, what did you think about the debut of one and Keel Harry? Um, good. I thought he was solid. I think I thought that he gave the Patriots exactly what they were looking for. I mm-hmm. think he could have given them more if he was called upon more. Obviously, he saw ma- many more reps after Philip Dorsett was injured. Uh, but I, if there's a guy that I want to see in the red zone uh, being thrown right. 50-50 balls uh, and to compete for those balls, it's Nikhil Harry because that's what he did at Arizona State. I don't understand why you wouldn't expect him to do the same uh, in, a, in uh, the goal-to-go situations and the red zone situations unless Brady is like, I'm not comfortable yet with Nikhil uh, in terms of the way he runs his routes. And, you know, that may just be a Brady thing. Yeah, it might just be a Brady thing. But until I hear it from Tom, I'm, not, I'm really not going to go down there. I just... 
there hasn't been enough for me young wide receivers brought into this this um this team over the years that that I'm going to brand Brady like that like a lot of other people are it's it's it, it, it's certainly a possibility but I right. I, I just I'm not, think, you know I, I'm not suggesting anything more than it's a possibility that's all right Right. And, and I can agree with that. I, and I did, I liked what, what I saw from him. I didn't, what I didn't like was, was some of the people talking about the fact that, you know, he, he's not a burner. This isn't a guy that can take the, the top off of, of other, um, off of defenses and help people. That no, he's he wasn't not. a burner. He, he wasn't a burner when he was at, at Arizona state. So why would you expect him to be one now? He's a guy that goes out and catches contested balls. I know, I know the, the team doesn't, I'm talking about people on our side of the, uh, of the glass that are watching this, that are bringing up that point right now. Yeah. I mean, anybody who thinks that Nikhil Harry is, you know, running X routes, go routes all day long. It, right, it, go it, routes it, all day long, and going to get. He, know, he's not Randy Moss, so stop, <laughs> stop trying to wait for him to be Randy Moss. Let him be Nikhil Harry, and you're going to be thrilled with what this kid does. The film on him was fantastic. <clears throat> I actually fell out of my chair when they picked him, and um, I I thought it was fan- it was great. It, it's too bad he's been hurt as much as he has been this year and I'm sorry guys my computer shut down so I have no idea if Steve's telling me to shut up right now because he has a question <laughs> go ahead Steve <laughs> well speaking of Nikhil Harry I, I you know Mike uh, I thought he, he showed uh, himself pretty well in the the running game as well because that's one of the things the Patriots like their wide receivers to do is to block it's block right yeah. and I thought he did pretty well in that you know uh, again limited view but you know, a good start for the kid. Well, the thing that is significant about that is we were talking about the Patriots' inability to get outside. One way you can get outside is stretch the run game. Uh, and to do that, you need your wide receivers uh, actively engaged in blocking. Certainly with Mohamed Sanu and Julian Edelman, you have two wide receivers who can block down and pin down, um, you know, d- linebackers or corners or safeties or what have you. Um, but in Nikhil Harry, you have another guy that can take on uh, a blocker uh, or a defender on the edge or on the outside. And Mm -hmm. that's another value of having maybe an empty backfield set or a uh, one back set and run out of the 10 grouping and see if, uh, you know, running back like Rex Burkhead or James White um, or even Sonny Michelle can get to the outside and then cut back. And there's going to be the opportunity if these wide receivers do their jobs of, you know, setting, uh, sealing some lanes and, and giving, creating that space on the outside that they have been right. unable to do uh, at the point of attack with the offensive line. Can you yeah, see him running any... Uh, I'm sorry, Steve. I, Go ahead. It's really difficult with the, the computer off here. Can you see him actually, Steve brought up a, a nice point about the tight end earlier. And uh, can you actually see him lining up as, as maybe a joker? Harry? Uh, who? Yeah, Nikhil Harry? Sure. Yeah. I could see I, that. I think he has uh, the, the, the size and the, the the athletic ability that we haven't seen since, you know, he who shall not be named 
was uh, removed from the roster. And uh, it's just something that I've been looking for for, you know, almost since then. And and I think that he, he would be perfect in that situation. And I thought maybe the extra time that he was out, maybe he was learning those routes. Uh, I think anything's possible. I think, you know, with Josh McDaniels, they're not going to stop until they hit upon something. They're going to try everything in their power to uh, spice up the offense and give them a little bit more spacing. That's one thing that I think has been uh, lacking in the Patriots offense. Uh, this year. And that's also why I think in that first half, especially in the first quarter on Sunday in Philadelphia, yep. you saw them throwing so many things against the wall to see if something would stick. I don't know if watching on TV, you felt the same way I did in the stadium, but it was like they were doing all of these crazy different formations yep. uh, and different play calls just to see if they could hit on something. And I yeah, think that, when you when you, you know, that's one of the troubling things that I, it strikes me about this team is they're doing that in week ten, and they still and we've never seen that. that. You don't see certainly with the the McDaniel's Belichick uh, combination. You haven't seen it very often. Let's put it that way. This late in the season, and it's eye opening. But you know, let's also remember what happened last year. It was week sixteen. Going into that game against the Bills, they were nine and five, and mm-hmm. there was they were on much shakier ground than they are now in terms of their identity. What did they do? They went back to a power bunch formation with the with the fullback and uh, in James Devlin and Gronk, and they just decided to go screw it. We're going to go with a power running game. Well, they can't depend on Gronk or Devlin this year, but they've got to find a way to reestablish their identity offensively and not put everything on the defense. And I think, you know, between now and that similar situation of, uh, you know, they'll finish with the, uh, what, the Bills and the Dolphins this year, they've got to be able to hit their stride and, and hit on something that gives them an offensive identity. And knowing that they finish with the Bengals, Bills, and Dolphins, I think right. they feel there's a cushion there. I mean, they'll never admit it, obviously, but there's a cushion there that, look, we know what we're pretty confident of what the results are going to be, but we need to find out what do we need to be going into the postseason. And that's a great point, Mike, because one of the things that, you know, you look at this team, they've been struggling. And and I think another thing that they kind of lack is speed. They just don't have a whole lot of speed. They have. Yep. Hmm? I would agree with that. I th- I think yeah. they don't. It doesn't look like they have game breakers. And Julian Edelman's a very quick, fast player. He's a yep. quick player, um, but he's not a game breaker. Uh, that being said, he can certainly uh, get you first downs and move the chains. But you know, in all fairness to Belichick McDaniels they haven't had a great number of game breakers or uh, you know a ton of speed in in their offensive sets over the years they just Mm -hmm. have had an uncanny ability to convert third downs and move the chains and And that's not happening that's it's certainly not happening with the regularity it used to and they again that's another area where I think they've got to improve 
Yeah, and you know, and let's flip the the switch now. We've we've beat up the offense enough. You know, we were talking <laughs> about the defense, and uh, they have been relying on the defense. But I thought the defense had a great game on Sunday. I mean, they had the one hiccup, that one drive where Philly held the ball almost ten minutes and went ninety five yards. But then Bill pulled the, you know, the group aside and they shut them pretty much down after that. I thought that was, this was a great bounce-back game for the Patriots' defense on Sunday. Uh, a big part of that, to me, uh, was Lawrence Guy and um, uh, Danny, Danny Shelton. Shelton. Uh, yeah. They were just so dominant at the point of attack on the line, at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and, you know, when you have those two guys destroying blocks, uh, it really disrupted the Philly running game in the backfield. And Shelton and Guy, to me, just were Adam Butler the stars too. of the game. And Yes, Adam Butler was very good. But Guy and Shelton, every time you looked up, they were making plays. And, really were. you know, when you have that kind of disruptive force at the point of attack, uh, the rest of the defense is going to benefit from that. Were you a little Were you a little nervous when they went down ten nothing? Were you Were you saying here we go again with uh, uh, what had happened two weeks earlier? I was uh, suspicious. I was like, <laughs> I'm I'm not liking what I'm seeing. They're starting to um, get into this trend where they're not coming out of the gate strong because their offense isn't in rhythm at all, and the other team senses that and feels like. Well, if we can just put three points on the board and then if we can put one drive together, get up 10 points, that's exactly what the Eagles did. But the Eagles' offense was so bad. I mean, part of that was because of the, what I just said. And what we just yeah. talked about is the, the, the Patriots' defensive line was outstanding. Um, but the other part of that was the Eagles' offense couldn't get out of their own way. And uh, Carson Wentz did not look good. He could not make a lot of throws when they needed him to. Um, and but to answer your question, at the beginning of that game, yeah, I was concerned that the Patriots were going down the same kind of path that they went down in Baltimore two weeks earlier, uh, and this was coming out of a bye, and they just looked sluggish. But they figure things out like they always do. And um, once they got the lead in that game, I was like. Philly's not scoring again. They're just not. Right. And they just weren't going to. I think um, Wentz, Wentz deserves a lot of, of um, blame in this. I think I, I would think that somebody that was in an MVP conversation just a couple years ago uh, and has been in the league for three years could handle a zero blitz uh, a tad bit better than he did. Do you agree with that? Um. You know, as I'm not an offensive or defensive coordinator, so I don't want to get too much into the weeds with the X's and O's here. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't think his tight ends uh, – his tight ends are excellent. I mean, they're, they're the best part of the Philly offense. I just don't think he had the ability to get the ball to them because uh, Stephon Gilmore played an outstanding game shadowing Zach Ertz, uh, at least in the – in the box he did and there goes my follow-up question <laughs> and and the Patriots defense is not a traditional defense uh, it right. changes on the fly 
And so I give Carson Wentz a little bit of a break there. But okay. um, if that's the case and you're seeing – if you see a zero blitz, you got to go to your first hot read or you got to audible to a screen. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're – you know, if you have either a tight end in the game, you go to a tight end screen, or you have a running back in the game, you go to a traditional, you know, halfback screen. So you've got to you've got to be able to make that kind of audible. And to your point, the Eagles didn't look like they were doing that that much on Sunday. No, they really didn't. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, in fact, um, <clears throat> you know, with with Wentz, it seemed like, you know, they tried to take away Ertz on third down, and it really, I think, it discombobulated him a little bit because that's his go-to guy. Right. And you know, when they when they put Gilmore on him. They took that away, and it seemed like, you know, then he he looked like he was trying to force things, and he was throwing the ball awfully high, it seemed like, all night long. I would agree with that. I think he he did miss some receivers and his tight ends badly uh, a couple of times uh, with high balls, but uh, I just don't think he looked comfortable in the pocket, and he he could never find a, a rhythm in his passing game. And some of that, okay, you don't have Darren Sproles. You obviously don't have Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, and then there was another uh, receiver. Jordan Howard, they, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly, Jordan Howard. So they, you know, Miles Sanders, I thought, should have been used more in the screen passing game like the Patriots used James White. I think they missed an opportunity of getting Sander, Miles Sanders the ball in space, uh, which is a way to combat the Patriots and their zero blitzes or, um, you know, their pressure formations, they just didn't go to that. And some of that, I guess, you know, falls on the offensive coordinator uh, and uh, obviously Doug uh, Peterson of the Eagles. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I was a little surprised because I thought with two weeks to prepare for the Patriots, I thought we'd have seen a lot more out of Doug Peterson and it didn't seem like they were – I I don't, I don't want to slam them too hard, but it just didn't seem like they were prepared after two weeks to face the Patriots well, defense. Well, I, I, I would say they were – they got up in that game, and I think they were up 10 nothing, and they felt like they had the Patriots offense where they needed them. And, yep. you know, obviously Carson Wentz turnover – when he got strip sacked by, uh, I believe it was Guy and um, Danny Shelton forced it, and Guy recovered. Yep. Or, mm-hmm. I forget exactly, but uh, that was a big moment of the game for both teams. Uh, the Eagles had a chance to drive down the field, and you know it was nine six or ten. I'm sorry, ten six at the time. You know, get three points on the board going into halftime, and you, you're a lot better off. Right. Uh, and the Eagles at that point were still moving the balls to a degree. Uh, but he fumbles the ball. Uh, the Patriots don't take advantage. They can't punch it in. So they settle for the field goal, uh, and it's 10-9 at halftime. And at that point, I'm like, well, the Patriots could win this game 12-10, or they could win it 17-10. And as it turned out, it was the latter. It did. And Danny Shelton just had the, the best game he's played in a Patriots uniform since the Super Bowl last year was. He did he did have a sack. He did force that fumble, and it was fantastic. But uh, one person that I have to give a shout-out to today is, and I want to take, get your take on it, Trags, is 
Jake Bailey. I think Boom. Jake Bailey should be the MVP of the of the <laughs> league right now. People keep changing whatever hot quarterback, but Jake Bailey had eight punts for 381 yards this week. <laughs> Six punts okay. dropped inside the 20. It was amazing. This kid is fantastic. And um, what do you think of the young man, and how is he handling, uh, you know, being a professional in, in this league right now? What is – what do you get from him when you've talked to him? Well, he is, uh, he went to Stanford. He's obviously a very bright kid. What impresses me about the Patriots is they find a guy like this at a school like Stanford, and he comes to New England. He beats out, uh, you know, arguably a Pro Bowl punter in Ryan Allen, one of the yep. most important players in Super Bowl 53, Ryan Allen. I thought he was the MVP. And, uh, there are people who made that case, actually. Yep. And uh, he beats out him uh, in training camp. And he, you know, some guys, when that happens and they're given that kind of position right out of college on a team like the Patriots, you know, the pressure gets to them. Um, yeah. But you're you know, standing back there going, all alone. Uh, but with Jake Bailey, he's responded. I, You know, you can count on one hand the number of you know, 30 to 35 yard punts that he's had with, uh, you know, no pressure and haven't been wind aided or wind affected. Uh, he's just been so consistent. He's flipped the field and, you know, Devin McCourty talked about him like a veteran punter who's been in the league 10 to 15 years the other day. And when Devin McCourty says that about you, that's got to make him feel like he belongs. And, right. you know, I guess, the feeling is uh, the Patriots, when they interview these guys uh, before the draft, they get a sense of good sense, usually, uh, of whether or not a particular kid can handle the pressure in New England and whether or not it will get to them. And uh, obviously they got it right with Jake. That's what impresses me about Jake right. Bailey is his consistency and the team's ability to put him in a particular environment in a highly successful but still – pressurized environment and give them the opportunity to succeed. Well, let's, let's, let's take a, a, a peek into the future a bit. What do you think is, is, I mean, it's really difficult with, with the lack of, of anything that's, that's really been working for the Patriots offense, but how do you see McDaniels and Brady attacking this Dallas defense this weekend? Green plays. I think they're going to hope that uh, Michael Bennett really wants to get after the quarterback and they're going to uh, yep. trap him. And I think they're going to run right at him or let them run it. Bennett, you know, screen it out. Oh, screen it out. I think they're going to do some of that. Um, I think, you know, with Nikhil Harry, you'll see him a little bit more involved. I would not certainly not expect Philip Dorsett to play in this game. So you're going to see Nikhil Harry, Mohamed Sanu. Um, and uh, I, think you're going to see a little bit more of Ben Watson in this game because he showed significant signs of get it, being able to get open over the middle. Uh, that 22-yard game was a big one on Sunday for him. Really was. And, you know, it was a great job of him reading the pressure that Brady was getting, uh, flaring over the middle, and then cutting up field for a big game. So, um, but I think, you know, I, I say this every week. It feels like a big James White game. We'll see if this is yeah. like 
that kind of game this week where they get them outside or they, you know, do what they did with Rex Burkhead again, try to get some misdirection. Get a wheel going. route going. Get, you know, yeah. please, you know, That's run another a, thing. a wheel. By the way, what is happening yep. with the wheel route? Right. Exactly. Where 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 does that where is that gone? Are we saving that for the Super Bowl or something? Because we might not get there if somebody it. doesn't run it soon. <laughs> they they haven't had time to throw it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but too. I mean that, that that's that, to a degree that's true, but it doesn't take that long. A wheel route, if you depending on when you get the, get them the ball in the route, shouldn't take yep. that long to develop. And, and we I have people surprised. on this team that can run it. Yeah. You know, right. it, it, starting it, with we, we've White. seen it starting with James White and, and then continuing to Brandon Bolden and right on down to, um, you know, who, whoever, whomever else. Yep. Rex Burkhead. Thank you very much. And and yeah. I haven't seen a wheel route all season. I, I don't think I've seen okay. one all season. OK, I'm going to make a prediction. We're going to see a 24 yard touchdown on a wheel route this Sunday. <laughs> oh, I, like I that. love that. I like that, Trags. It's just, and, hey, and Mike, I really do. I hope, I hope Bennett, I hope Bennett drinks an entire case of five-hour energy before this game and is just so <laughs> pumped up that they just run right past him all day long and run, run those screens over there all day. Those are two of my keys that I've already written. <laughs> Go well, ahead, Steve. I'll tell you one thing. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you when you're going to see Michael Bennett on the field. You're going to see him. Anything third and five or longer, you're going to see Michael Bennett on the field. I couldn't imagine, barring injury, he wouldn't be on the field in those type of situations. Right. That's a good point. Hey, let's talk about the uh, Cowboys offense right now. They've been on a roll. They've, they can run the ball, of course, with Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott has a nice group of wide receivers. He threw for, what was it, 440-something yards on Sunday. I mean, th- this presents a real challenge for the defense this week. You know, how do you see the defense lining up against the Cowboys this week? Well, um, they have to be very conscious of where Dak Prescott is in the pocket and not let him – he's not Lamar Jackson. Okay, I want to make nope. this very clear. He's not that. But if Prescott gets outside the pocket, he could really hurt the Patriots, either with his legs or throwing the ball accurately downfield. He is a very dangerous passer. I'll tell you what, he's he reminds me more of Russell Wilson than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And that's the kind of that's the kind of danger I think Prescott brings in this game. Um, he's more likely to step up in the pocket and beat you um, than roll out, pure roll out, uh, just based on the film I've studied. Uh, but I would, if I'm Jason Garrett, I'm making sure that I'm getting him free lanes to look downfield. And to do that, I think you, and especially the way the Patriots defensive line has been playing, uh, I would look for him to get on a rollout. The other thing I would tell you about the page, uh, the Dallas uh, offensive line. This might be the best offensive line the Patriots see all year, and right. they have got to be also concerned with the Cowboys lining it up and say, "Look, I don't care how good Danny Shelton and Adam Butler and Lawrence Guy have been playing. We're going to line it up and we're going to play Smash Mouth. We're going to run the ball and we're going to play 
you know, power football at the point of attack. Uh, and that, the other thing I would expect to see a decent amount of on Sunday is play action from the, from the Cowboys, you know, trying to establish the run early, setting up play action later in the game. Now that's a good point because uh, with, with Ezekiel Elliott, you can do that. And, you know, they, they do have a, a really good, I think a really good crop of wide receivers. It's, um, it's going to be a challenge, I think for the, uh, the secondary this week. I mean, you have Amari Cooper and all these other guys. Jason Witten is playing really well right now at tight end. So, you know, that's something they'll they'll obviously have to watch as well in those third and short type situations. Him and uh, Prescott have have had a nice chemistry going since he's come back. So it's I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think this is going to be a great game to watch. I think uh, I don't think we'll see a lot of zero blitzes though this week. What do you think? No, I because I say what you said. I think the Cowboys' um, wide receiving core is about as deep as the Patriots have faced, um, and Amari Cooper is an elite receiver. And I would, I don't know if they're going to go bracket him and you know do what they've done in years past with. Uh, their best corner in this obviously the last three years being Stefan Gilmore uh, mm-hmm. and put Gilmore on the second best for Gallup. Yeah, uh, they might do that. Um, or uh, do they travel Gilmore in this game with Cooper? I, uh, yeah, with Cooper. I don't know uh, at this point. I'm guessing, I'm going to guess that they're going to bracket Cooper, uh, take him away from the pa- pa- passing game as much as possible. And, um, you know, leave Stefan Gilmore in single coverage with you name it. Well, wh- whatever happens this Sunday, the, I, I do believe that this is the most balanced and most complete offense that this defense has had to to face to to this point. I, I realize I would agree with that. I would the, definitely um, agree with that. The what they did in, in Baltimore was was an aberration. There there was. Uh, it, it's something you don't see every day. It, it, it's something that can give any team problems if they aren't seeing it on a um, on a consistent basis. You know, I mean, for Christ's sakes, they were out there. They were running my high school offense out there, and they couldn't stop it because of the you know that how talented this young kid is. But I do believe that that the most paramount thing this this week is going to be to stop the run and to keep Elliott from. Uh, moving the chains and keeping these drives going, the Patriots have had a lot of trouble getting off the field in certain situations on third down. Do you think um, this week they're that's going to, you know, be a key to this, to this Patriots team coming away with a victory? Uh, more than that, I think staying out of third and short. Uh, I think they need to okay. force more third and fives, third and sevens, third and eights. Um, and because if you're third two, um, I think Dallas's uh, ability to run or throw becomes very dangerous. And that's where I think a lot of teams could get burned. And certainly it burned the Lions several times on third and short on Sunday. And the Cowboys put up 35 points. And, uh, I, that that's what concerns me more with the Cowboys is when you have a very 
diverse offense that starts with a very uh, staunch uh, offensive line, that's where I get concerned. And so the key to me, the key to this game to me is staying out of third and one, third and twos, third and threes. That's fantastic. This is great stuff, Tregs. I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening to come here in here and, and just chat with us for a while, share your knowledge. Would you please tell everybody, if they don't know already, and everybody already does, um, where they can find you on social media, where they can read you, and where they can they, where they can watch you on YouTube. <laughs> I'd love, All right. Let's I love your that. YouTube channel. All right. So uh subscribe to us on youtube at clnsmedia.com uh our clns media youtube page please do us all a favor and subscribe to that where you can not only follow me but evan lazar sierra goodwill and alex barth uh i think we have as good a good and as comprehensive coverage of the patriots as you'll find anywhere you'd really do uh Secondly, uh, Twitter, at Trags, pretty simple, straightforward, T-R-A-G-S. Uh, and on Instagram, T-R-A-G-S-1. One. We had to get the one in there. <laughs> yeah, somebody I, I, already somebody you know, already had Trags, and he had to hit the yeah, one. Was, Can you believe it? I was not pleased about that. <laughs> was it one of your daughters? Was it one of the girls? Uh, it was not one of my – it was not Janie or Emma, no. <laughs> oh, I, I I thought for sure, you know, they're getting. What, uh, what are they? Five and six now. <laughs> new one. Uh, College now. College. Yeah. yeah. What's that? One. It, one is a sophomore at Miami of Ohio. Big Ben. Country. Oh my God. And, I said it sarcastically, uh, people, but it, you know, it was just. <laughs> oh my God. It, I know it feels like just yesterday, and I, it really does, man. It really school. does. I can't believe I've known you this long, and I've been looking at pictures of your gorgeous family for this long, and and they will always be five and six years old. That's <laughs> that's the way that I look at them, and it, it's just it's fantastic. You know, thank you for sharing as much as you do with your family, and a lot of us don't do that, and 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 folks it's just always a joy these girls forever put a smile on my face i'm not feeling well tonight i'm actually battling a a temperature of 102 right now oh my god smiling hydrate and end this podcast okay yeah i see he wants to go trags wants to go (laughs) no i am and get yourself hydrated please thank you sir i i will i've been i've been drinking all of my son's uh Gatorade. He's he's over here giving okay, me good. dirty looks. Good. And, and <laughs> oh, that's Don't put Dad, scotch I, I, in it. No, there's no scotch in it. You. No scotch in it. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna finish this. I'm gonna finish my um my uh, last red because that's the only flavor they have now is is red. Uh, Gatorade, and then I'm gonna drink a half a bottle of Nyquil and not wake up until Sunday. <laughs> thank you so much plan. for being here, bud. Thank you so much for being here. It's always a joy. <laughs> We hope to have you back much sooner than than we have in the in in the past. And please go hit Lazar and and Barth in the back of the head for us because we love them both. They're, 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 they're you nice. know I will. All right, buddy. <laughs> Thank you for being Thanks here. Lot, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Yes, if we oh. appreciate it, man. We really do. <clears throat> oh, oh, I'm sorry. That was Mike Petralia, Trags from CLNS. And uh, he's a great guest. So 
with that, we're going to put a bow on this. It's getting late. It's in the evening, and it's time for Betty Bye. So for myself, Steve Balistrieri, a very sick green man, Thomas Murphy, all of us here at One Patriot Place, thanks for listening. We will be back Friday with some keys to the game, as always. And uh, until then, how about those Patriots? Nine and one. Bye, our